Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Saturday night's all right for title defenses. All right. I am Luke Owen, D-A-D, and I'm joined by the Professor of the Truth, your soon-to-be former Jam That Champion. As coming this Saturday, where I'm going to take that title away from him at our Crown Jewel live party. Please do subscribe to the Rest Talk Podcast channel before we review AEW Collision. Give us a little thumbs up button as well. If you're watching on demand, get your comments in down below in the comment section. If you're watching live, join the live discourse and get your thoughts in on this episode. But if you want your question, statement, or thoughts read out on the air resttalk.com forward slash support we'll read out all of them above the five us dollar amount dan you look like you're about to try and interject and say something uh i'm no doubt cutting uh, well ahead of your title loss this coming saturday not cutting so much as i've just noticed you've you've started to put my title on the floor on your side of the desk well it's just i'd like it i'm getting it ready get it for me I mean, the question more, Dan, is is why don't you have it already? Because surely as the champion, you, wanna, you want to proudly you've... display the fact that you're the champion as opposed to just leaving it on the floor. So shall I, do, shall I get it back like so, MGF? Yeah, some absolute re- disrespect. Hold on. Oh, no. uh, we got it. Yeah. It's not the best <laughs> for bit I could have done, but it's mine now. <laughs> That's better. That's been, yeah. That's Finally, better. the title being treated with some care and respect. Oh, get out of here. town. <laughs> Speaking of... I took it on an international tour. <laughs> to my house. <laughs> Speaking of title defences, this episode of Collision mm. had a very, very big title defence on it, uh, which was MGF defending the AEW World Championship against Kenny Omega, looking to beat Kenny Omega's reign as longest reigning champion while Omega was looking to unseat MJF and retain his uh, mm. his thread of that. Uh, and they just had a, a, a corking, cracking little match mm. that has basically been, I think, has been summed up uh, by the, the online discourse as that is an all-time AEW TV match, an all-time AEW World Championship match, 
I wish it had a bit longer to get excited for it. Well, it's so interesting because I saw someone else say um, that it has essentially had like over 600 odd days of build, by which I assume they mean the, Kenny's the, the reign plus MJF's reign. And I actually really vibe with the whole um, you, you're about to break my record, so I'm going to try and stop you thing. We saw it with a new day in the Usos, uh, which I think we all thought how that we all knew how probably both of these were going to end. I think no one was like wondering whether Kenny would get it back. Um, but it's it adds that little bit of like, oh, are we really going to do this? And, and what is it going to do? And in this case, I think it really solidified MJF's run. Do you know what I mean? I think his run has been amazing already for a number of reasons. The Cole storyline, the all-in uh, main event. But at times, especially during the era of like Blood and Guts and Anarchy in the Arena, it was the semi-main event rather than the main event. The, the Four Pillars four-way didn't quite live up to it. But then at the same time, it had the dog collar, it had the Iron Man, it had all of these things. Uh, and then when, yeah. Dog collar was a title match. Was it not? No, that was the punk match last Revolution. Oh, either way. Yeah, they had the Iron Man match. You can't take that away from me. Um, but and then. All in main events. And exactly that, that which, which, you know, as an emotional, cathartic storyline was, you know, one of the highlights of the year. Um, so. For all for all of it to be to be said, when JR does sum up the show at the end of Collision being like, that is one of the best TV main events you're ever going to see kind of thing. Mm. That That is the perfect summation of it. I, think. I was so excited for this match. Mm. Uh, I, I, I've seen that the, the, and I kind of agree, like Ollie made this point in the edited review he did of Dynamite. like, I'm so excited for this match. I can't even be annoyed that it's only three days notice before the match is happening. Mm. I think you could possibly make the argument really it was 10 because they basically set it up on the dynamite previous well didn't he whisper 13 days exactly yeah so he like mjf and omega told you this match was going to happen Mm. two weeks ago and then it happened but they announced it with three days ahead of time so i i totally get it from that that aspect of it but i also i love the the setup for it. it it reminds me of uh akada tanahashi because like when we did that uh, the dynamite episode when he did the 13 days bitch i said to him, i was like i think they'll do mm. mjf omega before full gear so you can well before within the next 13 days mm. so you can have the the tanahashi akada match where akada is looking to beat tanahashi's reign of most title defenses against the man who holds that record mm. who's looking to win back the the title and do something really really cool around that and cool they did because i loved this match mm. i was so excited for this match i watched this as i'm sure tony khan mjf and omega intended on my phone <laughs> while i was cutting my hair in the shower <laughs> what <laughs> what we three what <laughs> First of all, where was the phone? How are you keeping it safe? Second of all, what? What hair? <laughs> so, so on Saturday morning, I got up. Um, or Sunday morning, I got up. And I was just so excited about this match. I was like, I'm not going online. I don't want to see a single thing yeah. about this. But I've, I'm not sure if I can like last out the whole day. I'll find out somehow. I'll, I'll bump into someone and they'll say something. So like this happened to us on Wednesday. Oh, yeah. On Wednesday, yeah. you and I were shooting Cineworld, and I accidentally spoiled for you. So the 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 the, the main event of uh, NXT Halloween Havoc Night One, I I was super excited for it, and I I hadn't I I this is a rare thing for us in the UK because we can't generally, especially when we have early morning shoots like we did on that day, we can't watch them live. We can't watch them as is. Sometimes we were on a super duper early shoot because it was half term. Yeah, we had to film it before, get everything filmed before ten because that's when the cinema opens. So that experience of and I I'm firmly under the the belief of 
if you go online, you'll see a spoiler, and it's not a spoiler if it's a bit of live sport or live entertainment. It's already happened. Exactly. I, I can I kind of give you a day's grace period if it's like a TV show, but also at the same time, it's on you then to not go on the internet because there be spoilers. We had someone comment on them. I gave a list of the 10 best US title matches, uh, and, and number one of that list was uh, uh, it was Magnum TA versus um, Tully Blanchard in NWA in like 1985 or something like that and they were like it's a shame you give away spoilers for these <laughs> these matches because what if we want to experience them for the first time and i was like it's 40 50 <laughs> years old what are you talking about um bruce willis is a ghost uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're just gonna say it you're just gonna say it i think at but, this point we're all past so that. you've got to try and avoid seeing it online and on this particular occasion for for nxt i hadn't I, I had been not online. I'd not been paying attention. I'd actively been avoiding it. My whole plan that evening was to go home. We had the Wednesday night war. I was going to go home and watch it. <laughs> and then Luke, in a moment of quiet, while we're setting up the next shot, just goes, Hey, did you see Lyra Valkyria won the belt last night? <laughs> I was like, No, I I'm didn't. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's fine. I felt so bad about it. It's all right. But that's what I was worried about. Yes. I was worried that I would, you know, bump into someone and be like, oh, did you see the match? Because MJF won clean. I'm like, ah, no. Or or Omega got the belt back somehow. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I was trying to avoid it. So, I had to go, I was going to a Halloween party with the, the kid. So, I went to go get ready. I went to go cut my hair and have a shower and get myself dressed and ready in this and the other. And I'd start shaving my head in the shower. Mm. So, I just propped up on top of, like, the, um, the, the, the water temperature control nice. bit the console brave put it up on there while i was just shaving my head and i just and i watched the match while i was cutting my hair and uh then while i was having a shower then while i was getting ready for a <laughs> halloween party Ex- exactly as mjf and omega intent i'm actually impressed given because i was I, I mean i'm you know me i'm a very physically involved watcher of wrestling a lot of ooh, a lot now yeah. i'm surprised you haven't got any cuts and nicks because I, it was uh, it was a lot well, I mean, I'm there cutting my hair, and then MGF does a bloody Frostbury flop over about. the top, and I was like, "Whoa!" All that, all that power bomb on the knee, like Jesus. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I watched it again this morning, yeah. so I could like just watch it because I, I wanted to see it again because mm. Hot Dogs was good, and I love, love the story of this match, yeah. which is that Omega was trying to keep up with MJF early doors. He was trying to sort of out wrestle him, but MJF is younger. He is more on his game than Omega currently is. Yeah. So he was stopping him at every turn. So Omega then felt like, all right, the okay, the, actually, I need to change up my strategy here. What I need to do is go back to my cleaner ways. Mm. So it's snapdragons on the apron. It's the powerbomb through the table. Mm. It's more vicious V-triggers because this is a way for me to put this kid down. And that's not enough either. And then it looks like, hey, I'm going to get set for the one-winged angel. Don't know whether or not he was going to be able to hit it or not. And Don Callis shows up. And he looks at him. And he, at that point, you can almost tell Megan knows that he's not going to win this yeah. match. Because you're like, That's a really good point. I can't win while you're still around. Mm. I will never be the top guy of this company or the top champion of this company while you're still in my life. Because it's not like Callis interfered, Callis got involved. He was just a presence. Mm. And it's at that point there, you can almost see the look in Omega's eyes where he's like, oh, I can try, but A, this kid is stronger than me. This kid is quicker than me. And you're here. I don't know if I can win this. And even then he had that incredible three count, no, 2.99 mm. near count. Yeah. Someone actually timed it out. It's 2.93 seconds. Amazing. Oh my God. Before MJF kicks out. That's brilliant. It's an insane near fall. Yeah. But in the end, 
it's MJF that gets the win, basically clean as a sheet. And it is clean as a sheet. Like you could argue the Don Callis like yeah. interaction muddies the water somewhat, but more or less, he won clean as a sheet in what was just an stellar main event. It's almost like I have, I want to jump off every single one of the points you make and dive into them. And that that's that's what makes this job so fun. Is like you know, Ollie was I, I have my ups and downs with collisions, partly because it's like it's a really fun wrestling show. There's a lot of great wrestling on there, but there's not often loads to talk about. But when you get something like this, there is loads to talk about, and it's and it just makes me really want to get in the studio and chat about it. So uh, so many different elements of what you just said. The age thing. This, this kid is younger than me. He's quicker than me. There was the moment where they both did the the, the double nip up, and Kenny slipped, and I don't think that was planned. It maybe maybe was. Maybe I'm just being naive, but it suckered me. In. And if it wasn't planned, why, way to turn that into a, a story beat because they played up on it exactly. And Mega basically was like, I missed, like I missed that. Yeah, the, the kip up. And MJF looked at me like. You missed it. And, it, and it, and it adds a little spice, a little extra flavor to that. So, as you say, then he turns on it and makes it go even, even more into the cleaner style, into that sort of more vicious style. There was a bunch of smart wrestling all the way from the beginning. You know, MJF turning the leapfrog uh, spot into a quick pin, which I just uh, that for me is this is this is what I look for in wrestling. It's my favorite style. We all have our favorite styles. Some people, you know, um, like the kind of all bells and whistles smoke big, and mirrors hardcore violence some people like flippity doos i some people love the mexican style some people love the strong style some people like the the, the roman reigns jaw jacking uh, yeah. the slow, the slow yeah. methodical look at me as i do this this is what i love i love the technical chain wrestling the stuff that is taking opportunities to tell a good story in the middle of it where the the wrestling holds are crisp and clean i loved everything about it and I kept just thinking to myself while I'm watching this, MJF is like a generational talent. Yeah. Like he understands, he's done this amazing thing of taking his heel character and making it a baby face without changing the character, but like also evolving in front of our eyes, which we don't really see that often in wrestling. They go through a change, right? MJF has almost grown up in front of us in a weird way. Um, and, it, and, it, and you know, to, to still be doing your biting spot, I don't love a biting spot, but fine, whatever, doing it, um, the kangaroo stuff to play up to the crowd as well, which is all just, it's so dumb, but it kind of works. It gets, um, it's, it's over. But then you get such amazing things like there was the, the buckle bomb that turned into a lariat. Like, I just, full of it. I loved it. And, and for me, there's two elements to the, the idea of uh, the, the Don Callis interference, which I was really cross at the Don Callis interference in the match against Osprey. Osprey. Um, and I'm not as angry about it here. And I think that's why I also don't really mind about the three-day build. Because yes, it's a clean win. And what that clean win does, just to finish this point, is I feel fully legitimized MJF as AEW world champ. Um, but also, it was not clean. Because Callis distracted Omega, took away that verve, that energy that may have carried Omega through against this younger competitor. So at some point, we can tell the story again of if, if he hadn't have come down... I reckon I could have got you. And they can have another build. They can have... I mean, also, you can run matches back. Like, this was amazing. Tell me you don't want to see another one. Tell me you don't want to see another one with a massive build. Like, I, I think there's a lot of opportunity to tell a bunch of stories here. And you're right. The story with Callus just isn't over yet. He's not going to be able to get back to the top of the mountain until he's dealt with it, until he's got him out of the way. Meanwhile... There, I saw some... There was an unpopular opinions thread going around and someone's was that CM Punk is, like, still... The legitimate world champion or something like that um and in case there are people who do feel that way who do you know have this opinion that mjf is the best of a, a bad situation or whatever this i feel 
fully legitimizes him. He beat the longest reigning. He beat Kenny Omega, who in many ways is Mr. AEW, in a brilliant contest with a, a wrestling hold, not with shenanigans. He even actually was the one put through the table. Yeah. So They pulled this great story out of a match that had three days build. Yeah. Imagine what they can do with the rematch. And if that ain't the Tony Khan way, though, that's my <laughs> thing, where Tony Khan is a great matchmaker versus a, a booker. Like, he, he puts together incredible matches and does it with a plum. Kind of hard not to when you have a roster this, you know, stacked. But imagine what you could do if you did. And it's, this is this was the frustration with All In. This was the frustration with um, Forbidden Door, although that first one, you know, injury blighted and all the rest. It's that thing of, these, these, these are all great. Now I want the juice. The reason the MJF Adam Cole story is so good is because of all the juice going into it. Even the JY element has, although that's been kind of mazy and hazy and they haven't really seen each other and I had issues with what was going on in this show with JY and MJF. It's at least been like this story kind of thing. There's, there's a reason for me to want to see them clash. That's what I want more from. And they did it so well for the first few years. Yeah. You know? I'm so curious about this coming Wednesday show as mm. well because it's MJF versus Bullet Club Gold with three partners, three mystery partners have yet to be announced and I pitched to Ollie this idea of it being the contenders so it's Omega, Wardlow and Joe, this, this trio like the enemy of my enemy is mm. my friend I mean if it's the acclaimed that's also great if it's the Kingdom and Roddy that's kind of fascinating because that is Roderick Strong trying to worm his way into MJF's mm. like good graces and stuff there's some really good options that you could have with this. And the MJF character I find to be a, a fascinating thing, not just in terms of what is happening on screen, but what that sort of means business-wise. Dynamite didn't do a great number last week. Hmm. It, you know, it did it had a big drop-off, like a 14% drop-off from the week previous. And that had, you know, Sting being given a gift, which turned out to be Ric Flair, which would be one of those things of like hey have you seen rick flair's on the like you need to switch over to, to dynamite now switch on over to tbs you call your friends it's and the other but looking at the quarter hours of that is the most telling thing you need to know about aew as a product at the moment and that is everyone was tuned in for the mjf stuff and the second that stopped 30 percent tuned out mm. like it is literally like you know wrestlenomics have got the quarter hour breakdown and it oh, is shame you can't put that on screen because it's fascinating yeah. It's, you know, 982,000 people were tuned in for the first quarter. Once the MJF stuff stops, 752,000. Mm. That's like 200 plus, 200,000 plus people tuning out after the MJF stuff is finished because mm. there's still like, you know, three quarters of a million people that are still interested in this show. And it does pick up when you have the, the, the flare reveal and then drops off again for the, the women's match, then picks back up for Ricardo coming mm -hmm. out. But it's the MJF stuff is the is the high point, mm. and you know you could look at those ratings and be like, it was the basketball, it was the you could do the Aviarad thing. It was like, well, people don't go out and see Daredevil on opening weekend because we had bad weather. Mm. You could blame the uh, the news and things like that, and all those are factors. But that is so telling. Mm. Brian Alvarez made this point, just like that is so many people tuning out at once. Yeah, that is what you need to know about MJF as a business. He is the hot thing in AEW right now in this MJF verse, which is good. Because it's sprawled out into so many different camps. It's got Bullet Club Gold. It's got Wardlow. It's got Joe. It's got Kenny Omega. Mm. And now Don Callis. And he can like... Uh, Ollie puts this. He, they can maximize 
those by using MJF's drawing ability. And then through the show, like to, to make it that that's not the segment and now it's over, you, you stick through it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that completely. I thought it was such a great match. I can't wait for them to do it again. Mm. And I think they've got some really good legs to build up from this. I'm so excited to see what Omega's doing next mm-hmm. with Don Callis. Um, we'll get into the Bullet Club Gold stuff because they opened this show. But I'm stoked for the match that they've got uh, at full year in November. And I love that MJF's last date with the company before the contract ends in 2024 is on a pay-per-view called World's End in his hometown. Mm. I I so stoked to find out what that is going to be. Mm. I, I th- Someone made a point, I think, it, I know we had an Ultra Tower point this out uh, on Dynamite Show, MJF Wardlow, because it's Wardlow's world. And he's going to end the world for uh, for MJF. I think some nice um, nice imagery you can build around. Mm. I mean, it's it's a uh, it's going to lead to some discourse, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, in fact, actually, MJF did have his uh, his post show promo uh, with Kenny Omega, which had been loaded up by uh, AEW, and he was just like, "Look, I still haven't I haven't signed my contract." I think you probably have. I mean, I, I don't see why. Although technically, you know we're maybe in a different era of, of wrestling now mm. because we saw with Edge and Jade Cargill, both of them got pretty positive send-offs on the way out of the company. I don't see why he would be put in this position if he wasn't likely to be re-signing. It's, yeah, it's the, uh, it's the Will Ospreay argument yeah. of like, this is a company that has rolled out the red carpet for, for Will Ospreay throughout the year, gave mm. him the all-in match, gave him the big Forbidden Door match, uh, presented him well on TV, and so basically to be Tony Khan, like, well, like your contract's up next year. If you come here, look what we've just given you when you're a freelancer. Mm. Imagine what will happen if you come in on a full time basis, trying mm. to sort of draw him in. Whereas, like, you know, you got TNA trying to like lure him in. Was like, we can give you Speedball Mike Bailey, and, yeah, and you know, all these other Josh Alexander. We can give you Alex Shelley and all this great stuff. WWE being like we're the hot we're ticket. WWE we're <laughs> WWE we're the hot product right yeah. now. You want to come in here and have a match with Seth Rollins for for WrestleMania? Let's do it. You want to think about your career outside the ring? We've got all of these contacts. Like there's, Absolutely. there's so many opportunities. But this this is why it's so uh, important that the wrestling industry is as good as it is because mm-hmm. for any of these guys to have options, like for for Kenny to think about maybe going to WWE and then deciding he wanted to resign to. For, for Cody to be able to be like, right, I've reached an impasse here. I'm kind of done with what I can do here. I want to go over here with Jade wanting to, you know, do all the things that she wanted to do over in WWE. Jay White. Jay White having all those opportunities. MJF can look at this and go, do I want to make a splash at the Royal Rumble? Uh, I'm an, and MJF so young. Do I want to continue building my uh, legacy here in AEW? Do I want to go and take a shot on this upstart TNA and the company? Like, I, this is why I'll never... I don't like the tribalism. I don't want to subscribe to the tribalism, the idea that one has to be better, that one has to win. The idea that, like, I delight when this team is doing badly or I'm thrilled to see that we're trouncing you in the ratings or whatever. I don't love all of that stuff. I think it's interesting, but I much prefer it when we've got a healthy ecosystem because it ultimately benefits everybody. 
I, I brought this up a couple of times now across the last few months, but I, I look at 97 and Rick Rude. Rick Rude's in ECW, and then three months later, he's in WCW, and then two months later, oh, sorry, WWF, and then like two, three months later, he's in WCW. Yeah. It's just like, whoa, like, where's he going to show up next? Whiplash. Like, Raven was the champion of ECW in April. By June, he's gone to WCW, mm. and then he's there for a couple of years, and he goes back to ECW, and then he's there for a couple of years, and he goes back to W, and he goes to WWF. Like, mm. this, I, I find that. Thing very very interesting. Keeps people fresh as well for most things. But the point I was going to make about MJF, he said in the the post show promo, I still have not made my decision mm. on what I'm doing. But matches like this and getting to be in the ring with Kenny Omega sure does make it feel like you know that I've got I've, the choice to make is staying here. Mm. I mean, yeah, because because look <laughs> and look at the crowd. And can I talk quickly before we go into the ultra? Mm. Can I talk quickly about the crowd? Please do, because we've talked about a, a lack of. Um, attendance to collision especially a lack of attendance to aw across the board um and i was just doing some reading because especially in the opening match there was a big crane shot which showed a pretty packed you know audience and i was curious and i wanted to do some reading um and the mohegan sun arena is a ten thousand capacity stadium when you add the stage um if you wanted to use the full arena it's probably eight thousand aw configured it for four thousand and sold three thousand five hundred odd tickets um, the top tier, if you looked, was topped off. And that says to me that they're using half the arena, which mm-hmm. when I saw Steve Coogan at the O2, he did the same thing. Um, I, and I don't want that to be like, well, they're not selling that many tickets. What I'm trying to say is the energy of the crowd of the production made it look rammed and really passionate. And I think we they deserve a ton of credit for it because we have spoken like about it not being a hot product, it being a cold product. It, perception is is, you know as much a part of it as anything you need to show on tv this is a hot ticket yeah present it like it is a hot ticket so when you have a match like this that you're telling us is really important because it's the longest reign versus the current champ it's it's a it's a marquee match you need it to look great and it looked great and i really want to praise them for it because that's what you should be doing more of and i think it's one thing that aw has struggled with over the last four years sometimes is that production mm. where they've had packed houses they've had like sold out houses you know back in those days mm. when they were easily selling out eight thousand seat uh, seat venues and it didn't sound like there were eight thousand people there mm. they were making noise in the buildings we had people that were actually being like it was loud as all get out but it didn't translate into TV. Yeah. We had that with um, a show on Raw recently. Someone like messaging in being like, we were really loud in our section, but it did not translate onto TV mm. because they, they hadn't mic'd up. Or, yeah. or you know, the production wasn't there. Or actually was just their section was loud and everyone else was quiet. Mm. Who knows what it actually could have been. But yeah, no, I, I thought they really did make this sound like a big, big building. Yeah. And a big, big crowd. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. 
What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Uh, let's get into what you thought of this and not the San Martino kicks things off to say long time listener first time caller I was at Collision MGF Omega rocked the house and the promo after the show was amazing I feel the issue with AEW selling tickets is their advertisement I only found out about the show three weeks in advance something United about the show before that this idea that they don't do a lot of local advertising mm. and that's one of their big stumbling blocks. It's like Apple TV Plus that have so many amazing shows and films but they just don't tell you about them. So how are you supposed to find them? Yeah. Uh, Matt Hennessy here says, while I wish there was more build for MGF rather than just three days, the match was awesome and it absolutely slapped. MGF is the best world champion AEW has ever had. I never thought anyone could beat Kenny's run as champion, but MJF has. One of the things I really love about MGF, uh, and I've talked about this throughout the year, um, particularly during the, the uh, Takeshita match that he had when he was back, still being a heel, and Takeshita was a babyface, mm. was that one of my favorite things about MJF as a wrestler is he can do all of the flashy stuff that your favorite wrestlers do if you're into that style. He just doesn't. He just doesn't do it because mm. he's a heel. Mm. So what people used to have a popper Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins for is that, and actually AJ Styles used to get this a lot as well, and Kenny would get it, and a few of the other these other types of wrestlers like you're a baddie. Why are you doing moves that get reactions and get people cheering? Because mm. surely the whole point is you want people to boo you as, what, as a heel. Jericho changing his whole gimmick. Yeah. yeah. And so MJF, he can do all of this. He did a Fosbury flop during yeah, this match. He really did that. He can literally do it. Like Cash Wheeler, uh, during that, that, that first Young Bucks match, does a springboard 450 splash perfectly. Mm. He could do that in every match, but he doesn't because he's a baddie and you're not supposed to. Also, his gimmick is all flips sorry all no, fists no yeah. flips so mjf could has been able to do this stuff forever mm. but as a baddie was like but i'm not going to because i want people to boo me but now he's a baby face he can just show me like oh yeah by the way i can do all of this stuff i remember on dynamite or it might have been collision he did a, a tope suicida and got a holy ass chant yeah like because he, he just do doesn't them. do it and it is that thing of like you know the whole super kick party the joke about Shawn michaels finish being respected like that they <laughs> the, the clip with him and taker and triple h is very funny but it is one of those things where if you use things too much it loses its 
its power. That's what I mean by smart wrestling. Being mm-hmm. really clever with what you're doing and why. I love it. Bizarro Big L said, I'm glad I bought a last minute ticket. MGF ran uh, in front of my seat for the running spot. Big Bill confirmed my size by telling me to sit down. Joe killed a guy. ROH Dalton Castle is a treasure. And MGF and Kenny put on a classic. The respect was real. Five stars. Mm, must have been great to be there. Bob the Cow says, I watched the main event hoping it wouldn't go into overtime because I was watching it in a bar on my phone and playing <laughs> a show with my band. Amazing main event. But that, this is, so that's another interesting point because I was at Comic Con so I couldn't watch it over the weekend. So I was, I made, I, I was watching Collision this morning, making my notes at home. And then I was like, right, for the main event, I want to get to the office. I want to be like set up and ready so that I'm not distracted and checking my, because I want to see it. The mm. fact that you're watching it in the shower, the fact that this person's <laughs> watching it in a bar on their phone before they've got a gig, it, it feels must-see. That's great. I have had that with NXT TakeOver before. Mm. I watched NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 2 mm. in a nightclub in Cardiff. <laughs> I was there on a friend's stag do. <laughs> Amazing. And we'd gone to this nightclub and I was not enjoying the vibe of this nightclub. Yeah. I went to one floor and they were showing the Batman 66 movie, Brilliant. which I, I, I quite enjoyed, but then the music was sort of uh, it was distracting me from trying to, to watch the movie that was on screen. Um, but like I found a sort of a floor that I was onto, which kind of has a bit more of my vibe to it. And I looked at my ward and I was like, I think takeover starting. Mm. So I logged onto the building's Wi-Fi. Amazing. <laughs> and I put my headphones in and I watched uh, takeover. Um, and I was like, because I was just, I was so into NXT and I was like, I just want to watch NXT. Right yeah. Now. That's what I'm really into doing. Um and then they put an Andrew WK party hard and all of a sudden I found my groove. <laughs> and, I, and I knew where I was. Uh, Sheldon Jackson said, that match between MJF and Kenny was so good. I only wish that Kenny would have handed MJF the title afterwards. I'm tired of Bullet Club holding the title till the title match. MGPW did the same thing with Evelyn Sonata, now Jay White versus MJF. Sheldon Jackson, I could not agree more. Yeah. My only gripe I have with this match is the world title wasn't there. I haven't liked it at all. I don't like it being on the, around the waist of someone who isn't the champion. I understand why. I yeah, get I, I get, get your it. pitch. I get it. It just doesn't work for me. And I, th- I think it devalues Jay White eventually having the belt because that entrance with that belt feels great, doesn't it? But I yeah. just wish... It, it doesn't work for me. No. Um, and I, and yeah, I, I'm the same as you. I wish that we'd had that amazing visual of handing I'm, him the belt. I just just standing in front and holding the belt yeah. up ahead of you while the challenger is staring directly into your mm. eyes. Like there, there's a visuals that you can't do. And if frustratingly, you don't have the world title. Frustratingly, we had that. Like I, I I I, it very much just could have been MJF came out first thing with a chair bumped everyone on the head and took the belt and ran with it and had his belt back like you could get it back on this show he tried to get it back on this show and i yeah. thought oh, okay you take i was the, i was you, here for it you take the title and you can set up that they get the belt back because like the gimmick of the eight man tag is if you beat us you can have the world title mm. back i get it i get that that jay white's got it and all this but again with your pitch like how we, how do i am i supposed to believe that you'll just give it back if you lose it do you know what i mean it's yeah. one of those things where it's like it, it, I understand what you're saying with your pitch, but it, it doesn't but work like, for me. Yeah, I know. I, I agree with Sheldon Jackson yeah. on this one. I, I wish the title belt was there for it. And Aaron Hanrahan has been a member for 25 months in a row. Says, "Oh, you come here to me. Take nothing away from Kenny, but MJF is a special wrestler. He gets it, doesn't he? Loved this match. Really excited for full gear." Uh, well, as am I, actually, which is later this month. But also, uh, we have got one more pay-per-view. We've actually we've got a bunch of pay-per-views coming up in November. <laughs> three of them, in fact. Uh, but this coming Saturday, it's WWE Crown Jewel. And you can come and join us live and watch it with us 
in person. Watch WWE Crown Jewel 2023 alongside Luke Owen, Ollie Davis, Tempest, Dan Layton from WrestleTalk and over 100 other wrestling fans along with a live version of our board game series, No Holds Board. We'll be raising money for charity and doing our live reactions to Crown Jewel from the venue, which means you'll have the chance to be on camera and be part of the WrestleTalk live experience. This is the best way to watch wrestling pay-per-views and tickets are available now. Get your tickets today and we will see you there to be part of moments like this. Jay has the spark has got it One, two, Tickets for that show are available in the link in the video description down below or being put into the live chat by our wonderful moderating team. I'm so, so excited for Crown Jewel. What a card that show has mm. got. And what a card we have got, because not only are we doing No Holds Board, which is now sold out, Ooh. but it's me versus you for the Jam That Championship. I'm going to reclaim my it title is. It is. and I'm going to hold it aloft in front of my people. I just don't think that you are, mate. I don't know what to tell you. Are you you're full of all this moxie. He's just not gonna. He's just not gonna. The build has been too short. <laughs>
to show you how long was left of the ad. So long you've got to go to go to the loo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this was the spot where MJF ran down to try and get his title belt back, but uh, the goon squad in Bullet Club Gold sort of stopped that from happening. Mm. Uh, I enjoyed Nigel McGuinness uh, upset that MJF was trying to steal the title. Yeah. I thought that was quite funny. <laughs> the acclaimed had a promo backstage promoting that next week they will have been trios champions for 69 days. Nice. Nice. Uh, and it re- turns out that Max Caster is currently being catfished by someone pretending to be MJF, and he may have sent some compromising photos of himself. I don't understand this, but I'm like, <laughs> I'm fine with it. I don't understand this. I just simply don't understand this. Does is Max Caster gay? Do you remember that meme? There was a does is Bruno Mars gay thing that went around. On, it was like 2010. It's the whole thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, look, I, he's a horny boy, and so am I. So I get it. I, I do not know what his sexual orientation is. Doesn't matter. Whatever floats your boat, as long as you're not sinking anyone else's ship. I'm not one to kink shame. <laughs> uh, the boys took on the guns, who won quickly. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it's standard. But I was thrilled we got a Dalton Castle entrance because yeah. I just love him. Yeah, and uh, you know, there's like uh, a thingy in the ring trying to do the uh, the ring introductions while Dalton Castle's talking, and I'm there being like, Shh, shut up, I'm trying to hear Dalton yeah, Castle. Same. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this was, uh, you know, a bit of smart bit of TV in a way because the guns are challenging MJF for the ROH tag titles, so they beat an ROH tag team. Mm-hmm. Simple, effective stuff. Uh, we got the video, the only half of the video for the Omega MJF match, which is a spectacular video. It was a great video. So good. Like they they showed it on Rampage. There's like a there's a seven minute cut of this ad of this mm. promo that's got like the aftermath of the sit down interviews of Jay White interacting with Kenny Omega and M- MJF interacting with Don Callis. Mm. It's so good. It's exceptional, exceptional stuff. As is the promo for Danhausen, who will be back. <laughs> dot 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 at some point yeah lexi interviewed ryan nemeth who was putting over that he's doing a uh, comedy show with his brother nick nemeth mm-hmm. uh, the the former dolph ziggler but he also tells lexi i'm going to be uh, looking for the services of cj perry so he knocks on her door and it cuts back to ryan, uh, ryan nemeth who does a big uh, yeah. <laughs> and it turns out it was cj come out to play <laughs> It turns out it was her dad, Miro. Miro yeah. Boy, come in here. And uh, he absolutely batters him behind the door. Great way to get CJ on the show without having to pay her to be on the show, I suppose. Up next for the AEW Women's World Championship, it was Hikaru Shida defending against Abaddon in a spooky plunder match. Mm. It's uh, this. So when they announced on Dynamite that it was Abaddon in the four-way mm-hmm. for the, the number one contendership thing, I was like, all right, so Abaddon's winning then yeah. because it's, time it's for, Halloween. It's your time for your annual spooky Abaddon title match. Yeah. This happens every couple of years. Actually, it hasn't happened, didn't happen last year because she's been on off TV for the last two years. Turns yeah. out because she's been injured. Right. So she's been dealing with this bad injury. Uh, but she's now, this isn't just a one-time thing. On the five or six, oh, they're she's, back. She's just, yeah, sorry, yeah, they, they are just back. Right. Like, they are just back on TV. Um, well, I don't know how often they'll be well, on TV because I, I, I think it is a, it's a gimmick that I'll has tell you, got a ceiling. At most, once a show. <laughs> like, <laughs> Fair, good point. Very good point. Very good point that it will be at best, yeah, once an episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I think the Abaddon gimmick, yeah, does have a ceiling. Well, any spooky gimmick in that in that way, you could argue has a ceiling because if you're playing with the supernatural, or you're playing with the you know, the idea of 
what was the 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 living dead girl it's living dead girl yeah you're playing with that kind of thing I, I think there's only so far you can take it now if you argue that the women's title is purely mid card in aw you can just go much further like you know you, you can have a more leeway with that because you can do things with your mid card titles that you wouldn't do with your world title um but yeah, I probably agree. There's, there's pretty much a ceiling. I think there's a ceiling to it. And like, this was fun because it's like, it was a spooky plunder match. Yeah. Like, this was a silly hardcore match done for the Halloween season. They did a, a spot where they rolled out sweets like it was thumbtacks. Yeah, I liked that That spot. made me laugh. Yeah. Sheeta at one point flew on a broom <laughs> to, to do a top rope move, which was funny. The finish of this match was Shida, dressed as Ada Wong, no less, from Resident Evil 2. Oh, I didn't get... I wondered what was going on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she's a, a big video game fan. Right. Like, her whole gear, basically, was Tifa from Final Fantasy VII when right. the, the remake came out. But yeah, she was dressed as Ada Wong here, and Abaddon was cosplaying as Spawn. Mm. And uh, the, the finish of this match was Shida put a pumpkin on Abaddon's head and hit the katana, and this crowd went in ballistic because <laughs> they were chanting we want pumpkin yeah <laughs> so when Sheeta got the pumpkin out for the finish this crowd yeah. lost their minds i think this is where i had a little struggle with it because like i like i also really liked the pumpkin i also really liked the candy as thumbtacks um i just i just felt confused by the match because it, it it couldn't it never really got into gear and it never really decided what it was being was it being silly uh violent nonsense a la memphis street fight a la viking rules or, or commit and make it real violent like make it something vicious because it's like halloween and there's all this, this plunder and it never really uh leaned into either of them i think it, it flirted a lot more with the funny side of it yeah and i think it did that well i just would have liked for them to really go for it the memphis street fights are a very good comparison piece to this because mm. i think the two are quite comparable in how i feel about them i had a really fun time with this match do i want it to be for the women's world championship no right i had a really fun time with this street fight eddie do i want eddie kingston yeah. in it? probably not <laughs> right like that that's kind of where i'd like i had a ball with this match yeah i had a grand old time i thought both of them did a lot of really good work in it and i laughed and i popped and i, I tee hee heed my way through this mm. do i want it to be for the women's world championship no but that's what i mean i think if you if 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 you want to make it for the women's world championship just lean into this even harder like or, or like or make it more a more violent version um it's just because it wasn't either yeah that's what really didn't didn't quite work for me and tony storm came out afterwards to once again steal sheeda's spotlight mm. which is a fun little story i look forward to it not getting more tv time before the pay-per-view <laughs> uh promos from dax harwood and ricky starks putting over their upcoming match we also had promos from keith lee and shane taylor and then samoa joe very quickly killed Rhett titus to mm. retain his roh tv championship he did the walk away spot so the match is five stars and they were teasing in this point here the partners for max mm. for mjf that is because yeah. joe offered his services on dynamite and again offered them on this episode yeah i will be your partner but i want a world title match in uh, as recompense and it was what they were putting over on commentary this idea of like is that worth it like yeah. is it worth giving joe and and the, having this conversation about is it worth giving joe a title match because yes you get the the, the uh, protection or, or the allyship with samoa joe but then you have to defend your belt against samoa joe and they had that conversation right at the end of the match where he did this incredible slam straight into the clutch and 
I was sat there going, oh, I just love Joe. I so great. This is what I mean. This this kind of this this kind of wrestling, this fast paced but hard wrestling is my jam. Yeah, and he is all of it. Joe's so so good. Yeah, it's why I fell in love with him in two thousand five. Yeah, it's why I remain in love with him in, in twenty twenty three. I just think the, the the man is fantastic, and I love the idea of. This is why I think I'm quite wed to this idea of the, the challenges mm. because this idea of MJF is so yeah. desperate. Like, oh yeah, I'll promise you a title match. I'll promise you a title match. I'll promise you a title match just because he has no other friends. Well then, yeah. well then. Uh, Rene Paquette interviewed QT Marshall and the rest of his cronies. Uh, this is actually from Rampage and it was basically, hey, you've not been on TV for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and QT was like, yeah, I haven't. But uh, I'm the AAA champion, and I will defend it against the best luchadors that this company has to offer. And there's Johnny, what's his name? Johnny now? TV. Johnny TV in the corner doing like boy band moves for every part of the promo. I was like, what's going on? What's this? <laughs> yeah, well, what is this? What's this? <laughs> what is this? Um, they announced that Danielson is injured and will be getting surgery uh, because he broke his orbital bone. And Claudio Castanoli cut a very scary promo, yeah. saying that he is going to come after Orange Cassidy and Akada. Um, uh, uh, I love this. So, turns out people have been doing detective work. This is not from the Akada match, the injury. So, so well, because I, I was about to is it a legit injury? As far as I mean, they're certainly playing it up on TV yeah. that it is, and he'll be out for the rest of the year. Christ! Um, and he's what, already on borrowed time. So what people have said, uh, you know, the, the the videos that people are posting up is that he'd already had like the mark under his eye, which is sort of like a sign of a fractured mm. orbital bone going into the tag match. So what they did is use the tag match to write him off TV and play right. up the injury because that sets up Claudio versus Cassidy and Danielson Okada two at Wrestle Kingdom. And it also puts over Cassidy's punches pretty puts, exactly. Yeah, it puts over that. The actually the, the the current running theory going by you know Twitter journal, Twitter investigator basically mm. is it happening in the Andrade match because they ah. have this moment where they clack heads and then they just go straight to the finish. Right. And it is like you know, they clack heads and Danielson goes down. The referee goes to speak to him, speaks to Andrade, and then they just do their finishing sequence. Now that would be interesting to me if that's the case, coming in the same week as uh, as John Moxley gave the whole conversation about. Uh, the broken uh, about concussion protocols and all the rest because i mean first of all when john moxley's talking about taking injuries more seriously you listen but also um putting him out there to wrestle a whole match with i guess a tag match i suppose but with a pretty serious injury like a broken orbital bone is uh is bold yeah it's the the cody rhodes hell in the cell thing, yeah which it? i wish he like, hadn't done it but... yeah it's like you know did he make the injury worse yeah you know like did, was it really a benefit arguably yeah oh it's it... It, 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 it ruddy well solidified him <laughs> didn't it but it's, yeah and like it made people pump for the comeback yeah. and I, I like that they have used this to sort of like further the Akada Danielson thing because mm. Akada standing over Danielson and yeah. being like yeah you keep winning but I know how to hurt you mm. like he is now Danielson's going to be going into the second Akada match with Akada have broken his arm and broken his eye yeah it's like what happens now when you're in the tokyo dome yeah like, what happens when you're in my house it's a fair assessment it is i'm really excited and also now because uh, we'll start to it now because it follows on from the promo claudio castagnoli had this match with tracy williams where i'm not kidding he did a jump scare yeah <laughs> tracy williams would be like hello everyone all of a sudden claudio bang uppercut yeah and he demolish this poor lad i didn't even get time to get the guy so i literally just wrote claudio versus man because it was over before i had a chance to get my notes out the most important thing i took from this is it taking place in the kfc yum center <laughs> my favorite arena in all of america 
<laughs> this this Claudio oh, Orange match. Man. I mean, yeah, like, but like, this is great. It's great stuff. Yeah, Putting I'm, over Claudio as someone who's like, oh, you, you've just injured my mate. I am literally going to uppercut your head clean off. And he proper uppercutted this poor yeah. lad. Said, I'm stoked for the, the Orange casting. Yeah. This is like, you know, our squash matches are an old trope that don't really get over. Sometimes it really does work. Depends how you use it. Yeah. Depends I think, how you use it. Like, did, the, did the, the guns match get me excited for the ROH tag match? No, but I get no. why they did it. Yeah. Like, it makes sense being an ROH tag team. This here, though, genuinely made me want to see. Yeah. Like, see Claudio versus Cassidy. And like it's that, the energy that, that Claudio brought to it. It's the promo as well. Yeah. Coupling them together. I, I loved all of this. We'll go back a couple of segments because we skipped over uh, Dax versus Ricky Starks, who, you know, very good match. Um, but really, this was more of a backdrop for the, the angle that followed, mm-hmm. which is that the lights go out and House of Black were in the ring. And Dax looked like he had the match one with the pile driver, but Big Bill put Starks' foot on the ropes. So Starks hit a pile driver his own, but Cash couldn't redo the repay the thing and put his foot on the ropes. So Starks got the win. Nice little finish. And then the lights go out again. And Julia Hart is back. Needle mover Julia Hart is back on TV. And the House of Black surrounds FTR. But LFI mm. run down to make the save. I didn't expect this from Roosh, Drillistico, and Preston Vance, but I was yeah. genuinely really thrilled by it. And I was like, they had this big old brawl and they stood there staring eyes. I wonder if they've sort of moved the combat club out of this story because of Danielson's injury. Because obviously they set this up with yeah, the combat club last week. So just sort of like moving LFI into this place instead, I don't know. I f- it feels like that way. Well, there was no follow-up on, on Dynamite was there and there was no, no. interaction anyway with or, or mention of the Bullet Club and, and House of Black here. So. Oh, the, the combat club. You said Bullet Club. Yeah, BC. It's this the same thing with JD Madonna and Judgment Day. There's yeah. too many BCs in this company. Oh, see, someone actually, oh, a few people pointed out some good ways because that was my three words for JD McDonough in the yeah. series and three counts was um, a judgment, uh, note-taking, uh, I can't remember what it was. Nightmare. But, yeah, no, note-taking nightmare. But um, someone said, I'll just do TG Day, TJD for the Judgment Day. Ah, uh, was it but BC, or, 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 BCG, which was all hilarious, but second of all, BCG, BCC, they're very close. Yeah. Or, I get confused. Or doing JDM, someone else suggested for JD McDonough. Mm, that's tricky, it's tricky, it's tricky. Yeah. Only- no one knows how hard we have it. <laughs> I'm just going to put it out there. Um, I, um, first of all, uh, I really liked here. <laughs> wrestlers saying we'll be right back after these short messages down lens is the new super kick party i don't know who i think it was uh montez ford who started it on, on smackdown once but everyone's doing it now and you know why not um the 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 line of you hear that boys that's the door closing on ftr i think tony Schiavone said or maybe it was kevin kelly woof like way to way to really solidify that they are done for a while and and it sold the moment which is what yeah. you want your commentary team to do um and then yeah that uh, I didn't expect that music to hit. And so when it did, I was like, oh, all right, here we go. Yeah. Really excited for it. Uh, it's great to have them back on TV as well, because I really miss watching Roosh wrestle. Mm. Uh, Lexi interviewed Andrade backstage about CJ Perry and LFI, because we saw the CJ Perry thing earlier with Ryan Nemeth, mm. and, and you know, they had the conversation last week. And now LFI, a group that he has got some history with. But he basically just says like, look, all of that is his business. That's all my business. No one else's. And off few mm. problems. 
And Lexi also interviewed Chris Statlander, Willow Nightingale, and Sky Goth, um, who were talking about the the tensions between Sky Dark Blue. Sky, very good. Thank you. Um, the tensions between Willow and Sky. And Sky says, like, if anything I've got to say to Julia, I'll say myself. And it's like, yeah, yeah, it's whatever I lied. Crowd were nuts for it. They that. really did. They crowd, was like, whoa! Crowd were like, yeah! <laughs> Sky Blue and Julia Hart! This crowd were having a good time. And I was like, all right. Yeah. Cool. Great. The crowd are into it. Go for it. Uh, and then the final thing to talk about is MJF and Omega getting ready. And once again, it was Samoa Joe approaching MJF to be like, like, hey, I'll be your tag partner. All you got to do is scream my name. Oh, Joe. Mm. Oh, Joe. So yeah, and, and that was the show. That was a great edition of, really of Collision. Like, I loved everything that was on it. My just with the women's title match, notwithstanding. And really, that's just, eh, see the title a bit more seriously, but I enjoyed the match. Yeah. Like, but I, I just thought this was a tremendous little episode of TV. I it's almost like time. it's almost like that match existed in a separate show, you know? Yeah, like, a little bit. I get it. That, feel, yeah. feel that's the way when I look back on the show as a whole, that's what it feels to me. I thought they otherwise used their time really well i thought they used i really liked the fact that um the guns were just waiting in the ring like little things like that production wise i quite liked um you know claudio's bit was another highlight yeah oh. I, I thought it was a really effective effective show Did well. i really really enjoyed this episode and obviously it's capped off with just what a match what a match yeah what a match we are so spoiled i have no idea what nominations are going to be like i actually wonder when we get to our end of year podcast because i'm thinking about them a lot because we're about to get into november which means we are like jesus wet by the way but yeah, yeah like you know december is when submissions are going to be starting to come in for the rest of podcast awards i wonder if we're going to get the most split votes we've had in a while mm. usually like when i look back at the previous couple of award seasons we've done there's usually like two matches and it's like a competition between those two matches of what's going to be the number one and number two position. Mm. I think we're going to have an incredibly tight top 10 this year. Certainly a top five of like, there's like vying back and forth of what's getting the top position. And within that, there's an awful lot of TV matches. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Like it's not just great pay-per-view matches that we've had across multiple companies because I think like, t- I think Mike Bailey and Osprey is definitely going to get some nominations in there. I think Osprey and Omega from Wrestle Kingdom is going to get a lot of nominations. WWE going to get a hell of a nominations. Look at those the, the tag match, mm. the Usos versus Bloodline Civil War match. That's going to get some nominations. I think there's actually the Usos and Kevin Owens, yeah. the triple threat at WrestleMania mm-hmm. with with Gunther. Sheamus, yeah. Gunther and Gunther, like Gunther's series of Gunther, TV Gunther, matches. You could, you could make a top ten out of Gunther. Yeah, Gunther's series of TV matches. MJF's run of the world yeah. champion. Danielson versus, sorry, uh, Omega Vikingo was this year. (laughs) There's been two Omega Osprey. Sorry, Omega Vikingo, you got bumped because the rest of the year happened and nobody saw it coming. I genuinely am so, I'm kind of pumped and like giddy with excitement. Do you know what you might say, Luke, if you were young and hip? The children are eating. The children are eating well tonight. Well, I, I mean, I tell you who is eating. Daddy is eating. Daddy is eating well. <laughs> well, we'll work on it. That, that, that is how I'm going to uh, make it awkward. <laughs> that is how I'm going to take a, a cool phrase of my cool kids and make it awkward and dad. <laughs> Daddy is eating when it comes to award season this year. Stop. Oh.
But anyway, let's get into the rest of your uh, no mega chats, your your CMD, Stark remarks, your Stark remarks, or just ultra chats. Yeah, let's just have ultra chats back. Uh, and Edgar Carrasco, this actually was from the Dynamite show last Thursday. Uh, he's been a member for 22 months, by the way. So when I heard Christian's music played, my eyes widened. My first thought was, uh oh, Flair's got a dead son. That's the opposite. That's that's uh, yeah. that's Copeland's gimmick. Uh, Nick Corvello says, hey guys, I feel with Tony interrupting every Sheeta post-match celebration and a few other women's matches, it's telegraphing that she's going to win at full gear. And concerning, since the last thing we need is another Sheeta one pay-per-view defense title loss. I'm interested because um, I've seen a few people talk about uh, Tony being shoved straight into the title sequence and actually this title, title picture and this was a great opportunity to have a sort of secondary women's storyline going on at the same time because it's getting so over like the argument always being they're not over so we're not going to put them on the television watch what happens when they get over um that said i i do think this makes sense because the tony turned into this character because she lost it kind of thing mm-hmm. so there's there's a logical consistency there which i do appreciate although yeah she'd uh uh the the, the hot potatoing of this belt at present does feel a, a little bit like that's where it becomes disjointed because really like it's a fine story yeah. she is stealing spotlight like you know we want storylines in in women's division matches and they're presenting as a, a storyline and your sort of thing is like i don't want that storyline like i want yeah. our storyline but don't give me that one but also when you know that like the reason the belt came off sheeta in the first place is because saraya was good on good morning britain like it's like frustrating well, we don't know that like that, that's my was. that's that's my theory it probably was but, like it's i hometown pop at the very least well, it's yeah, like, oh, I, we might as well do that i thought saraya was i had saraya to win going yeah. into it because i was like oh, i think saraya's gonna win here because it's the the, the it's, it's a great thing. story but i guess she probably shouldn't have won the belt in the first place yeah, I agree. because they only did that because of that sign in the crowd mm. and then she just won the belt back because it doesn't matter i guess yeah and you know we always sort of complain about companies not putting belts on hot acts mm. tony's a hot act right now so i'd put the belt on her uh, yeah i can't disagree evan reich says keep up the good work boys question do you think that Nick Wayne's spot with Christian was originally slated for Jungle Boy? I can see the whole story playing out with Cage holding the FTW title instead of the TNT one. No, because so much of it is built around Buddy Wayne. Yeah. And I don't think so. And I also don't... Um, it's actually a very good theory, though. Uh, also, Luke Perry is... Is Luke Perry still with us? Is Luke Perry no, Luke Perry died a few years ago. Did he? Yeah, well, yeah, I guess that, ago, yeah. that, that makes sense as well. Yeah. Uh, but also... Uh, I, I mean, it's, I'm curious where the Jack Perry story would have gone, whether it still will. Is there any news on Jack Perry? He, well, Tony's uh, statement on it was he suspended indefinitely. Jesus. And uh, Nosh uh, U4 says, hey, guys, just wanted to throw a theory into the who's under the devil mask. Could it be Will Ospreay? The Observer reports that all roads lead to AEW. Fletcher being groomed as Don Callis' apprentice. Could it lead to United Empire versus Don Callis' family? Jam that jam. Funny enough, Dosh, that's exactly what I said on the Dynamite show on Thursday. Because mm. someone on Fightful had um, sent it in as a, their theory that it could be Osprey. And I said to Ali, I was like, that could lead to a really good, like, Osprey showing up, being pissed off at how Callis has treated Carl Fletcher. And you can spin off into United Empire versus the family. And there's the New Japan connection with with Osprey and Jay White, I suppose, as yeah. well. Like I, I, I think uh, this is the long term booking thing. Is it when you have it? Do you remember the Raw and almost Raw GM? Um, Do I ever? There you go. Crikey, and dark days. It was the my my huge frustration with that was that I love a good mystery, I love a good reveal, I love a good a bit of suspense, but they had no plan. Nope. So it never went anywhere. When you come up with the idea of this devil. 
I would I would like to think that Tony Khan has a pin board with three faces on it. This is plan A. If that doesn't work out, this is plan B. This is plan C. And they're all viable and they've all got justification. Like a, like a, a who done it. It's like, well, yeah. I any one of you could have been the killer and you've all got like a logic puzzle working yeah. it out. And it could be any of them. Um, that's a really nice one for, for sure. But if Osprey decides to go to, to TNA, for instance, like, you know. We've got backup plans that we could do Exactly, instead. yeah. Uh, I'd, I would it's a cool it. story I'd, Swerve is the other one I've heard a lot of people Swerve, talk about Swerve yeah I'd love it to be Swerve uh, I'd love it to be Osprey uh, there's actually like a, a good slew of people mm. um, but we had a really someone interestingly uh, sent it in to me like what if it was Sammy Callahan? And I love the idea of it being Sammy Callahan, but there's also the possibility of a backlash to it being Sammy Callahan because that is thrusting him into a main event scene that the crowd might not be ready to accept him in. Yeah. But like they would accept a Will Ospreay in that role. They would accept a Swerve Strickland in that role. It's all about the presentation of someone yeah. on TV before you're going into it. So I, you could end up with a Dark Order scenario, early doors Dark Order, when they revealed Dark Order and gave this big push, the crowd rejected it. Mm. it might not work out that way. I, I would love it to be Sammy because I love him, but that you need to have the right reveal yeah. with this character. Uh, Matt Hennessy here says, I agree, guys, the tribalism sucks. Both AEW and WWE are now at their very best. They both had black clouds over their heads with the punk drama and Vince forcing his way back into creative, but with uh, the punk firing and Endeavor removing Vince from creative and giving Hunter all of the control, both companies are at their best. The crowds win with the behind the scenes staff win, and most importantly, the talent win. We don't hear about backstage fights in AEW when the merger finalized with Endeavor. Vince lost ownership and majority voting power, and he can't force his way back into creative as his boss, Ari Emanuel, has the majority voting power and can use it oh matt I'll, i know you like to send a lot you i think you could truncate a lot of this down i would i would say to you as a way to save yourself a few pennies um the point i'm trying to make is that seeing the top two companies being the best and not having to worry about behind the scenes drama is great having choice in wrestling is great that's why i never understand tribalism i want the competition between ww and aew to lead to tk and hunter giving us the best shows because that way we all win and that's what we all want at the end of the day i mean i think there's been a cl- like the, the black cloud thing it's been a tricky uh, several months and i don't think it's fair to lay all of the blame at punk's feet you know there was there was an awful lot of, of stuff going on the the yeah. leaking of story as a, as a man united fan uh, a couple of years ago we had we had uh, a really bad locker room energy where there was a lot of feeding the stories about the manager and feeding the stories out to, to journalists like and that's negativity and and all of those stories you know i don't think it's fair to put all at punk's feet that said um when the creativity has been a bit dry, it's almost forced the hand a little bit and pulled something out. And I think they're setting themselves up for a really good run for the end of the year, which is important for them to do because as we get to the end of the year, we go into WWE's traditionally best three months of the year. I also think that a lot of people overlook something with AEW and their last 18 months. Hmm. Actually, with the last almost you know two years, I, I look at 2022 as a whole. It was injury plagued. Oh yeah, it, yeah. It was. They had a mess of a title situation because they all of a sudden it was the year of the interim champion. TNT had a mm. run of interim champions because of injuries. The world title had a run of interim champions because of injuries, and then one of them got suspended. The women's championship had a run of interim championships, and it's because and doing that devalued a lot of the titles and and made people lose interest in those titles. They've actually spent the last year rebuilding certainly with the world title perhaps less so with the women's title because it has hot potatoed around 
and the TNT title is rebuilding those titles like and re-establishing them, making them feel prestige again. I think what Orange Cassidy did with the international title is make that feel like a prestige championship. Funny enough, that's then fallen into injuries happening and stuff, and then now they're probably have to try and rebuild that title to make it feel a big again. But I was I've been listening to the death of WCW because I've done Halloween Havoc. Oh, the, the, the Alvarez book. The Alvarez and Love Reynolds book. book. Yeah. Um, shout out to R.D. Reynolds on that one as well. Um, and I've been listening to that because I've done Halloween Havoc 97 um, for Rest Talk Extra, which will be going out tomorrow. And I'm just trying to put myself back into that 97, mm. 98 mind space. And the start of the 98 chapter is all about how when you are hot, you can do no wrong. Mm-hmm. You can put on bad shows. You can have champions be presented poorly. You can have dire TV product. You can do bad house shows with bad creative. But because you're a hot product, you can do no wrong. Mm. However, each of those things will slowly chip away. Mm-hmm. You just chip, 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 chip away. And all of a sudden you find yourself you're a cold product. Mm-hmm. When you're a cold product, you can do nothing right. Yeah. So you've got to work extra hard to build yourselves back up into being a hot product. 2022, and like using WCW as the example, 98 is the chipping away period. And actually, tail end of 97 is as well with the, the botching of Hogan and Sting and, and this any other. You know, people look at Starcade 97, but Piper beat Hogan in, in October, which I would devalue the, the Sting match anyway. So you chip, chip away. You're putting on bad shows, bad pay views, you're making bad choices. Come to end of 98, all of a sudden WCW, which at the end of 97, was such a hot product that that they could they were turning away people at buildings. Ninety eight, end of ninety eight, when you get Starcade and you get to ninety nine with the finger poke of doom, cold product that no one is into anymore. Mm. And then ninety nine and two thousand is them desperately scrambling to bring people back in and not being able to do it. And that leads, unfortunately, to the the, the company closing down. Two thousand twenty two is AEW's ninety seven, mm-hmm. which is and ninety eight, which is they they just had. Things being chipped away and chipped away and chipped away. All of the hotness they had in 2021 with Punk, Cole, Danielson, and um, Minoru Suzuki and Ruby Soho all like debuting on that same mm-hmm. show and, and all of this. And like a string of incredible pay-per-views, a string of the best television that they were doing. 2022 was a year where it was just chip, 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 yeah. chip, chip, chip away. And here we are in 2023 where they are now clawing back to try and get to that position. And they can't sell the tickets for it because it's a cold product. Yeah. And like, so yeah, you can look at the punk drama and everything like that, and it is a big part of that. But I think I think we ignore a lot of the other stuff that has hurt AEW product as a whole. Sorry, I, was, I, went on a, I, no, I, spoke, no. I spoke a lot there. I didn't. It's in, I, I find it interesting. It's also a, a a relatively new company. So and Tony Khan is new at this job, right? And I think I give Tony Khan a hard time a lot mm. often because he's a billionaire. So I don't. I, punching upwards um but also because you are the ceo of the company you take on all the booking responsibilities if you want to talk a big game as he likes to do as he should do mm-hmm. i'm gonna hold it to account because it's kind of my job yeah, yeah so um you know we talk about it and, and it's it's interesting that period that you're talking about there where you do have the injuries to the champion so we have to do an interim champion then we have this interim blah, 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 blah. that's you making the best of a bad situation you figuring out what to do in your teething problems where you booked out your first two years, anyone can plan two years out with no lead in and then, and then it go really well if you stick to the script. When when things start coming your way that change that script, you've got to figure out how to book on the fly. You've got to figure out how to make things work. That's why I'm talking about your plan A, plan B, plan C with the devil because um, otherwise things are going to, the wheels are going to start to fall off and that's when the chips start chipping away. 
these few years have been very much like a teething thing. Hopefully, he's he's learned from from. You, you throw things at the wall, see what sticks. Not everything is gonna work. Not everything is gonna sing. Sometimes you'll you'll accidentally strike gold. The the Omega uh, MJF match here, where he messed up the nip up, is such a microcosm example. They found a way to make that part of the flavor that actually added to the storyline. Um, and you know, more and more, I think that's gonna work. Also, they've got it, I, I don't I know this, but it feels like they've got unlimited funds, so they're not gonna go the way of WCW. Um, they're on a network that likes. There it is. The problem that WCW had became poison. at the end of it was that yeah, it was a like it was a company that was just losing money hand over fist. It was losing like four hundred and fifty million dollars mm. a year. So like you know, Jamie Kellner comes in and is like, "What? I mean, a, I don't like wrestling, but b, why are we, why are we funding this? Yeah, like let's put those funds elsewhere. I don't want this on the TV network. Get rid of it." And then when Vince wants to do a, a WCW show, none of the networks will take it because the brand is poison. Yeah, like it's you know. Um, it, I mean, this is a whole other conversation, but it's so interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it's look, learning from history. And, and if we can see both companies at their best, uh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, York Master said, I half expected the title to be inside his jacket. I can't remember the last time a stolen title angle lasted this long. Then it hit me. They're teasing us because Jay won't be world champion for a while. Yeah, I mean, it, it feels like... Uh, uh, I don't think he is going to be world champion for a while. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think this goes all the way to world to world end. Yeah. And if um, if MJF resigns, it, he'll probably hold the belt even longer, or maybe it'll be someone else. By which point, you've got to continue to build that title. You yeah. want to continue to to make. It's always what ends the the uh, impressive streak that yeah. you know follows. Um, the Derpies of Derp here says, well, I love Luke's idea of Max's teammates. I want it to be the acclaimed, if nothing else, than to see MJF and Castor be buddies on TV because genuinely they seem like great friends. It reminds me of all videos of them on YouTube just having a ball. I quite like the, I mean, as I said earlier, I've kind of like fancy booked this idea in my head. And as we all know, I'm the king of fancy bookings at this table. So I've, I've kind of fancy booked that idea. But I'm not saying that like, oh, if it doesn't happen, I'm going to be really mad about it. Because if it's the acclaimed, it'll be a great time. Hmm. I saw um, you and Michael Oku exchanging words with each other on the old Twitter machine last night. Look, you know, some some scars burn deep. What's the phrase? I don't know. But look, you know, <laughs> an elephant never forgets. And I'm currently in my elephant era. So uh, fifth pillar here says, I was relieved when MJF did not end up uh, did not end up calling out Samoa Joe for help in the main event. When Joe offered his help early in the show, I, sure, I thought for sure that was the finish. Mm. I am um, this next one here. I, I feel like this this is going to cut deep. I've read it with Dan Layton. <laughs> Sorry, but my roommate just said the guy on the right, Dan. Hi. Looks like that guy from college who was playing the bongos and sold me weed. Also, I think the devil is Jack Perry, and the reveal is going to be in Chicago in November. I like the second half of that message because <laughs> this uh, dates back to the Raw days when. Um, Remember when uh, Matt Riddle... Do, you do I remember? Just <laughs> be backstage with bongos. Backstage, <laughs> middle of the ring. And that was his character. His character was a, was a stoner at bongos. A man-child. This, I'm supposed to believe this was a former cage fighter. And he's walking out of the ring and he's holding a pair of bongos. And his, his whole... Smoking weed is not the same thing as having a personality. I'm sorry, it just isn't. Uh, Arcto here um, has pointed out something we mentioned earlier. That's, um, you know, the, the argument of like, why dynamite did a bad number mm-hmm. news was was happening last week and as i said like you know there's a lot of factors that could be at play but you can literally look at data and see yeah at, as soon as the mjf stuff finished a lot of people tuned out also just a very brief uh point on the news the news is a lot at the moment so like you know sometimes people dip and, and mm-hmm. take take their 
uh, dead time elsewhere and look for comfort and all, all the things. I just hope everyone's okay and doing that. Uh, Hannah here says, first time chatting. I loved this episode and I start my dream job tomorrow as a support assistant in the NHS. I haven't got any pans to bang. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're bringing Thursdays to Mondays. <laughs> was it Thursdays? Yeah, it was Thursdays. Wasn't All it? the days bled into one. I just waited till the noise started and then I joined it was in. Thursdays, wasn't it? We used to do clap, I think so. Clap for the, the NHS. Yeah, yeah. On a Thursday. Yeah, well, it started off really fun and then it started getting really catty. I mean, the best thing about it was people clapping, but just looking down the street. Who else? Has, who else has come out? Who else has come who else, out? Who else has come one out? time, I went to the shop forgetting what time it was and walked down the street and I at this point was living there were flat blocks opposite each other people on their balconies all clapping and I was like thank you so much thank you the milk was uh, was running out but I managed to get one thank you man what a weird time <laughs> no sort of this big collective fever dream can I tell you there. something truly hideous What's that? sometimes I miss it <laughs> <laughs> enforced quiet time when I didn't have to see anybody fabulous <laughs> I did jigsaws. It was great. I did jigsaws and watched Now You See Me. That's what I did. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> Travis Mangtelow has been a member for 25 months in a row, says, what is your favorite AEW match ever? Oh, boy. Recency bias is tricky when you ask me that quickly, but the first thing that comes into my head is the, is the, the, the hour-long tag team match, because I love a tag team match. So we have got... An upcoming episode of TLC mm. is our top 10 AEW pay-per-view matches. Yeah. So maybe I'll hold off. And oh, I'll, yeah. I'll have the reveal on that episode. Mm. But if I'm looking at, like, TV, um, like, the Mega Vikingo was incredible. Like, the first ma- uh, Nick Jackson, Ray Phoenix match, mm. was early doors was great. Omega versus Pack were was so, so good. Man, there's been some, like, superb yeah. matches. Yeah, that hour-long tag match. Actually, the, um, the, the, the MJF... And punk match in Chicago when MJF beats him twice mm. is superb. Yeah, the six man tag when it's MJF and FTR versus Punk Sting and Darby and MJF and Punk don't touch the entire match is sublime. And I think the interesting thing with a question like this is when you take all of these things, all of these matches, all of these examples, and, and you sort of line them next to each other, um, the collective build six minutes. Uh, Yoan here said who does Joe think he is gimmick infringement alert for Joe Hendry say his name and he'll appear God, you can tell how over TNA is at the moment TNA is huge in the UK uh, Bizarro Big L says Sean Dean is a wild card I don't see it happening but he has the infantry Andrade and Darius this is obviously about the who's under the mask uh, all similar size guys and the captain has two wins over MJF not a big name but a catalyst for chaos possibly I'll be honest if it is revealed that it's the captain Sean Dean I think that will backfire massively yeah yeah that will be the firm where I said like I always used to say with the firm you know everyone loves a trier and we bemoan companies for not trying new things they are trying a new thing is it getting over no no but at least they're trying it and we tried it for a bit and it stopped getting over and it didn't get over at all and then they stopped doing it he takes the mask off and it's tony khan it's me it's me mjf honestly if they take the mask off, it's, it's me tony, all along if they take the mask off and it's tony khan it'll be the greatest thing this company has <laughs> ever done it will be the greatest everyone clip this out now <laughs> dan called it on the 30th of october 2023 <laughs> The, the man, the devil, the devil is Tony Khan. Is Tony Khan. <laughs> and then he starts his own on-screen villainous. Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, I, that's it. That's the only. That's the only answer I now want. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the king of fantasy booking now? There's one out there. TV matches. Danielson Omega was a TV match. It's a grand slam. 
Jesus, it was. I watched that in a uh, hospital corridor. Um, that was the day that my kid was born. <laughs> oh. Um, I, I watched. So it was day, a good day. In the I watched hospital. The, the day after. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, but it was also a scary time because my like my wife had some complications. Right. So it was taken in for. And so like, you were like, now's the time. Sorry, love, I'm off to watch. Well, it was during. <laughs> it was still during COVID times. Right. So I wasn't allowed to go in with I her. See. So I just had to sit in the corridor with all of the other expecting dads. Nice bit of a distraction. While we just sat there on chairs, not knowing what was going to come next, and no mm. one would tell me anything. So I just put my headphones in and I watched uh, Omega Danielson. This one, like joking aside, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah, though. it was a genuinely like really good way to get my mind off things. Yeah, so my, my brother was sort of like checking on me, making sure I was all right. But I was like, honestly, I'm fine. Like, mm. I, I don't know what the situation is, but. I'm watching wrestling and it's making me feel better. We seek comfort in things like this. Like I, I was crushed over the weekend with the loss of Matthew Perry, but like a, a large part of the reason why is because that's the kind of comfort energy. And like, mm. I, I was lucky enough to meet so many of you who were at the uh, comic con uh, and said, hello, thank you very much for doing so. Who will talk about how the comfort we provide. And it's like such a lovely thing. So when the news does get a lot, this is what I'm saying. Start the tribalism, touch grass, wrestling's fun. Let's just enjoy this together. You know? Um, just end of the poll of what people thought of this episode. 88% thumbs up with 8% in the middle. Yeah, uh, well, those 8% uh, hate fun. <laughs> also, it was over 90%, so that's a late surge of people, either with a thumbs down or in the mid, so mm. push it to 88, although it's a DeLorean score, so that's good. There you go. That's all we've got time for on this edition of the podcast. Thank you all so much for joining us. We are back tomorrow with... Have you seen the lineup for tomorrow's Raw? Uh, yes, I have seen the lineup for tomorrow's Raw. I'm just going to quickly go through yeah, this now. Let's do it. Because you've got Rollins versus JD McDonough. You've got Dom versus Ricochet. You've got Gargano uh, DIY versus Imperium. Natalia and Chelsea Green in a trick or street fight. And... Alpha Academy. Alpha Academy versus the Creed Brothers. They've done an open challenge and the Creed Brothers have accepted it. And by all accounts, this is the beginning of the Creed Brothers making the main roster. Yeah, Meltzer said on Wrestling Reserve Radio being like, oh yeah, it's um, this is the call-up. Yeah. They're just going to start on the main roster now. Yeah. But, hey, is- hey Luke. Hey Luke. The children are eating. <laughs> and daddy is eating. Thank you all so much for watching. Uh, we're back tomorrow with a full review of Monday Night Raw. Enjoy the show, everyone. Get your tickets to come watch us live this coming Saturday at the Long Arm Pub and Brewery when we watch Crown Jewel together. Until then, I've been Luco in DAD. That has been the Professor of the Truth, the Jam That Champion, Dan Layton. Jam That Jam. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 